0: Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George.
1: And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 31 for George and season 27 for me.
0: This is day 14 of season 99. Our first question asks us about a possible origin story for a nursery rhyme involving a young woman dying during childbirth and the father of the child dying in a falling rock incident.
1: So uh, just a couple of things came to mind with nursery rhymes where things are falling and breaking and that sort of thing. And so I thought of Humpty Dumpty initially, but I figured why would it, you know, that doesn't fit with what I remember having read about the history of that, which is sometimes thought to be political. You know, I've never heard anything quite like this related to it. Um, And I thought, well, what about Jack and Jill? I, I hadn't really read up about that. And with this being um you know a man and a woman both perishing and you know jack and jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water jack fell down and broke his crown and jill came tumbling after kind of seems like you know that's the the young man dying in this falling rock incident um and then the uh his uh yeah young woman partner it doesn't really say if she's his wife or just his beloved or whatever um dying soon after kind of fits the, the outline, I guess, that's presented by the nursery rhyme. So um, once I thought about that, I didn't really try too hard to think of other things because it seemed pretty obviously parallel, so I went with Jack and Jill.
0: I pretty much went the same way here. Uh, you know, man falling, woman dying, okay. Uh, briefly tried to figure, is this Humpty Dumpty instead? Um, because there's a lot of possible origins on that one, but there's no woman involved in Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Per se. So I figured this, this sounds a lot like, well, or it sounds like something you could read into the Jack and Jill rhyme. Right. So, all right. Yeah, we'll go with Jack and Jill.
1: And that was the correct answer. <laughs> Question two asks us what uh subgroup of Greeks, uh, is... Kind of the namesake of uh, the term laconic, as they hail from Laconia.
0: Uh, it says it's they're closely associated today with laconism. Uh, I would have I would have thought that the noun form of that would be like laconicism, but
1: or laconicity, Laconitry.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah.
1: uh,
0: and it also says parenthetically and similar characteristics. So something similar to a laconic Greek to me is a spartan mm. someone who doesn't talk a lot in the popular mythos you know does their talking by fighting etc so i figured this is probably spartans
1: yeah so that was not a leap that it occurred to me to make and i think i tend to forget that the spartans were greek anyway mm. um but uh i you know i really just this is the question i had the hardest time with and uh didn't really land on a, a good answer. Um, You know, nothing jumped out at me as being associated with being terse or closed mouthed or something like that, where you're just not talking, where you're just not talking very much. Um, And so after a while, um, the idea of myrmidons popped into my head. Mm. I thought, I don't really know what, remember what that term refers to, but I'm pretty sure it's Greek um, and it's a group of people. So... Sure, maybe that would be um, what this is related to, and um, you know, just that was my best guess.
0: Okay, um, I think Myrmidon is a rank, uh, like Centurion or the like. I, I could be
1: wrong. I looked up the the origin of it as King Myrmidon. Oh, okay. Um, and the soldiers that fought for him, oh, okay, who were some in some way also associated with Achilles. Okay. I, you know, that's about the depth of which I read up about it because just, you know, when you get one wrong, sometimes you look up and see, is this anywhere close? Or did I, you know, mm-hmm. um, just kind of seize on the first thing. And, um, and apparently so it's a group of soldiers, at least. So mm-hmm. I wasn't totally, uh, that far off the mark, but it's not the right one. Sure.
0: Um, yeah, uh, it was Spartans. Indeed. Which, and, I, and I forgot to say, I, I also thought of Stoics. Yeah. But I thought that was a philosophical school rather than so. a people. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Got that one right, luckily. Question three asks us for, uh, what, what is Marcel in a mockumentary from last year, uh, a character who dreams of reuniting with his community?
1: And meets his hero, 60 Minutes Leslie Stahl. Um, which is uh, uh, one of the quirky sorts of things that would happen in this uh, movie that I've only seen the trailer for, but I've also read a little bit about it. It's um, created by Jenny Slate and some collaborators of hers, and this is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, and I I remembered pretty quickly that it was Marcel the Shell with that rhyming aspect to it. It's mm-hmm. kind of sing-songy. Uh, and memorable that way, and um, yeah, having seen that trailer a few times, I keep thinking we should watch it, because it might be something that even Gloria might like, yeah. um, but uh, you know, just haven't picked up on it, because there's so much out there um, to consider, but it is a memorable title, and so it just kind of, once it clicked that it was Marcel the Shell, I did put Shell parentheses with shoes on, um, hmm. just because uh, in case that was needed to differentiate it um, I, I sort of felt hmm. like I should put it there uh, but uh, you know I but I know it's Marcel the shell at the very least so that's what I put down
0: uh, This one took me a, a minute just because I you know for one thing everything that's happened since 2019 has happened within the last four months <laughs> um, but yeah I just kind of... I, I didn't even think, like, oh, this is that charming little stop-motion animated kind of looking thing. Uh, but the, the what is Marcel is really what gave it to me. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. ask what his job was or who he was or a group he identified with. But right. what is Marcel tells me, oh, it's not like Marcel the dentist. <laughs> um, and so probably the rhyming of it is really what helped me get oh so let me see so it would be Marcel the her, oh Shell okay yeah oh yeah now I remember it I didn't remember the Leslie Stahl part I don't know whether that was in any yeah. of the advertising yeah um, but yeah I remembered that it was something like you know the kind of uh, classic kids movie trope of characters separated from family has to find them again right in, in some way you know for various definitions of family uh, but yeah I just went with Shell
1: That was probably it. And that was also, I think, correct because at least mine was listed as shell parentheses with shoes on. Yep. Um, So I think we will both be marked correct on that. Uh, Question four asks us what artistic movement is the artist Joan Mitchell most closely associated with and notes that it kind of began in reference to uh, works by the likes of Vasily Kandinsky?
0: Uh, No idea. I don't know artistic movements, mm. uh, so I figured maybe the, uh, I figured the 1910s could maybe be post impressionism,
1: because
0: mm. uh, I figured impressionism was like late n- 1800s, and then post would be that,
1: mm-hmm. and then maybe
0: they kind of revived it for, you know, this action painting uh, sort of thing.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so yeah, for lack of literally anything else, <laughs> I just you, you you could have just kind of slammed any two vaguely artistic words together in my head. And they, that probably would have been what I came up with. (laughs) So first thing was post-impressionism. I could not unjustify it. So sure, we'll go with that.
1: Yeah. So this one, I, um, I'm not familiar with Joan Mitchell specifically, but a couple of the other clues kind of led me in the right direction with this one. Um, with the, uh, with it being associated with the term action painting that brings to mind for me, Jackson Pollock and throwing the paint at the canvases and, um, and, you know, basically creating the, the look of the art through, you know, being very active or, or through movement. Um, and that fit with it being applied to American art in the 1940s and being a fairly distinctly American movement. Cause he was kind of the, one of the leading lights of it, I guess. Um, And then also, though, the fact of it being associated with Kandinsky, I thought this was probably abstract expressionism, because that's what I would call what Pollock did. And that rang the right bell for being associated with Kandinsky as well. Um, And so I, I, you know, there's a lot of modern modern art movements that, um, like... This is a little bit of answering I am pay to every architecture question, because <laughs> this is one of the, the, the modern art movements that I have apparently committed a little bit about to memory. Um, and so I'm ever hopeful that it's going to be the right one to pick. Um, but also, you know, I think I, it did, it really did pluck a couple of strings there where it just kind of resonated properly, um, this is not really helpful to anyone listening to the podcast. I realized that you're all just kind of like, yeah, she vaguely knew about this thing and it turned out to be right. Um, but uh, I, I mean, that's kind of the essence of finding the answer. Sometimes it's, you know, kind of does this gel together? Um, you know, does this bring the right couple of circuits in your brain into contact with each other? Um, and so I guess long story, vague story short, I put down abstract expressionism. I feel like I'm giving an abstract expressionist answer to this question, to this, you know, to to explain my process. But that's what I put down.
0: Reasonable. Uh, It is, in fact, abstract expressionism. How about
1: that? Nice.
0: Question five asks us for a two-word phrase uh, that describes dizygotic people.
1: Right. Um, So... If you think about, uh, people who are sort of singleton births, let's say they are monozygotic or let me put it this way, a single person would be monozygotic, but also identical twins would be the same zygote dividing into two Mm -hmm. embryos. Um, and so if you're dizygotic, then you have a couple different, uh, eggs coming together, but you know, being uh, implanted in the same uterus and, um, and coming to term that way. So that would be fraternal twins. Um, and so that plus the fact it's describing a set of people, um, not just for a person or a set of people, um, that, you know, it's a two-word phrase. It's all kind of pointing in the same direction, which is fraternal twins. And so I put that down in plural.
0: Uh, I also immediately thought this has to do with the with zygotes, a number of them or a division of them, uh, and kind of had to reach back to probably high school biology uh, to, to think, okay, two kinds of twins. There's identical, there's fraternal. One of them is dizygotic, one of them is monozygotic. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the identical twins come from a single zygote that spontaneously divides while fraternal twins come from two different eggs that are simultaneously fertilized. Right. That is why fraternal twins can be much more different than identical twins. Identical twins are essentially the same person divided, whereas fraternal twins are just people who knew each other. <laughs> uh, so I also said fraternal twin, except I only did singular, uh, because it, the, the question does say it is used as, as a descriptor for a person. Mm -hmm. more commonly referred to as what.
1: Sure. And that was the correct answer. Um, Per the Learned League rules, pluralization, doesn't matter. matter. So much like punctuation and seemingly vowels based (laughs) on what I see on the message board sometimes, um, which is perfectly legitimate. There's lots of pronunciations of lots of things. Anyway, uh, question six asks us to name one of the two people who has won a certain award that was won by Luka Modric in uh, 2018 and Karim Benzema in 2022. And since 2008, only one of two other men have won it.
0: Uh, so this sounds like a sports thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if only because other awards uh, generally, like in the sciences, you, you're not going to see a person winning... You know, we're one right. of two people winning an award a bunch of times within a, a decade or so. Um, For sure. Ditto the arts. Like uh-huh, you know, this uh-huh. this probably wasn't like a European Academy Award or something like that. That would be that would right. be weird if the if like Tom Hanks won seven Academy Awards <laughs> within fifteen years. That would be weird. Yes. Um. So I figured, okay, this is a sports thing, uh, and I briefly thought, does this have to do with basketball? I don't think so. These are very European sounding names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And while there are Europeans who play basketball, uh, the notable basketball is the NBA. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe, and I don't believe that, uh, you know, four different people have combined to win all of the last 16 of any award in the NBA. Right. That would be also weird. Um, If only because I feel like I would have heard about that at some point
1: sure
0: uh so i figured okay a european sport that we're actually supposed to know about Mm -hmm. like this is not going to be netball this is not going to be like (laughs) the water polo player of the year or something Mm -hmm. so this is probably soccer this is probably like uh the um i think it's called the golden boot yeah Uh, though i think that's just world cup which will only be every four years so it's probably like you know, whatever the European soccer player of the year is.
1: Ballon d'Or, is that the team? Could, I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, something like yeah. that, yeah. I get you.
0: So, presumably, it's something soccer-y, uh, who are <laughs> two great soccer players over the last 15 years or so. And I figure, well, one of them is probably Messi. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, so I will I will guess that probably Messi has won a bunch of these, whatever it is, if it's soccer because he's a fairly dominant player, uh, especially in Europe. So I'll say Messi.
1: Yeah, I had much the same thinking, um, you know, trying to think about it. It doesn't sound like uh, a couple of names that you would see in American sports. In particular, uh, the name Karim Benzema sounds very much like someone who is Muslim, but grew up in like the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a very Dutch sounding last name to me. Um, I may be totally wrong about that, but that was my logic at least in, in going the way I did. And then the other name sounds sort of Eastern European. Um, and I thought, you know, it, it certainly kind of centered it in Europe. It centered around sports. And so I just figured if it's going to be, if we're going to be asked about something like this, then like you said, it's going to be one of the most famous high profile players out there. And even I, as a non-soccer fan, non-sports, you know, sports, game sports is one of my lowest stats. Even I have heard of Lionel Messi. Like that's, you know, that, and, you know, to some extent, I, I do try to keep up on some of these things, but only through skimming headlines. Um Fortunately, that is the level of knowledge that <laughs> I, I I suspected we were being asked to draw upon here because you have someone who's, you know, a a couple of people who have won the award of a big European sport for multiple years a piece in the last couple of decades. Um, and that sounded like something only a Messi might do. Um, there's, I could probably think of a couple of other names if I tried real, real hard, but I, you know, Messi is very prominent in my mind because he, um, got hired by, uh, Miami, I think, um, to be on their team and entirely possible. and judge up their um, attendance and so on. Um, and so I put him down, I put down Messi because I thought he's top of mind. I knew he was that high profile that he would be brought you know, to an American club to like make them high profile like he is. So um, I put down Messi as well.
0: And that was half of correct. The yeah, other was Ronaldo. Of course. Cristiano type.
1: Right. Yeah. Similar. Uh, definitely a similarly positioned player, but just, but not as prominent to an American audience. Right. I would say. So, uh, so that left me with five out of six on the day. Ditto. I was a little surprised to, to go that well on it.
0: Yeah. I, I, these were like, I was 90% certain of one of these. <laughs> probably 80 yeah. percent certain of another and a bunch of the rest were just maybe
1: yeah i felt a, like two of them i was pretty sure of i felt decent about the art and the um and honestly the sports one because i was like if it's going to be you know this question is otherwise just way more deep cut difficult than mm-hmm. than even learned league i would expect yeah to do but but Jack and Jill was kind of a guess, and, of course, Spartans I got wrong. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad about that performance yep. on a day like today.
0: Yep. I think there's enough in here that five is a pretty honorable score. Like there's enough yeah. spread here between you know, abstract expressionism and Messi or Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, and, and plus art and sports being two of my lower-rated uh, and... categories personally. That's going to help me out, I, I should think. <laughs> Nobody should score me anything but a two or three on the messy question.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting six points today. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's there's no way anybody would not defend me at, at a three on that art one. It's about a female artist. Yeah, yeah, so, understandable. Yeah,
1: I, I think I'll probably get seven is my guess. I'm sure that the, the Spartans one will get mm. a couple of points. Because Nursery Rhymes, that's kind of an everybody's level of, you know, everybody has some familiarity with those most likely Yep. Um, and uh, yeah based on my other stats so here's hoping yep. I- I'm pleased with it at any rate mm.
0: well that's it for today tune in tomorrow for more post game analysis and follow us on blue sky at learned lag now with all the vowels and remember don't forfeit don't cheat